Hello and welcome to Crafts with an Edge, the creative podcast that explores the edgier side of life. I'm your host, Carolyn Edge, and today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about one of the most recent pieces that I made, which you may have seen on social media. It has a gold glittery background and it says boss bitch on it. Now, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the story about where this inspiration for this piece came from and also kind of talk about the messaging behind it and sort of the direction that I'm going uh, with this work and with upcoming pieces that I have in mind. But before I get into that, I am so excited. I have to tell you that I have my next few months of workshops finally up and available. I've had my head down working for a couple of months getting those ready, and I've got a lot of really exciting new changes coming up. Um, So first, let me tell you about what the designs are that I have coming. So I have a mandala coming up on February 20th, which is so, so calming to make. Let me tell you, quilling is so calming to me already, but with the repetitive nature of this one and the spiritual symbolism of the mandala, this one is so, so super relaxing to get into. So I hope you'll join for that. Um, And then in March, I have um, a little half sunshine and I have some different phrases that are optional to add to it. So I've had some requests for people who really like the curse word art that I make and they really want to add that to be a part of the workshops. But I also have people who bring their kids. So I've been trying to find a balance. So for right now, I've decided to make that part optional. So I have a template that you can edit to add your own phrase. Some suggestions I have in there are like, I'm a ray of fucking sunshine, or you can add some PG options if you want to, like, hello, sunshine, or you are my sunshine. Um, And I'm also hoping to add these to the mandala as well. Like I've seen some really fun artwork that says, I'm mostly love and light and peace and a little bit go fuck yourself or something like that. So you can add something like that to the mandala or you can just keep it um, simple and just do the mandala as well. Same with the sunshine. You could add the text or not. Um, All right. And then in April, I have a flower and this is one of my very favorite flower designs. It has this really fun trick to it that makes it come together in this like really cool and magical way. Um, And I also thought that if, uh, you know, in April, Mother's Day is going to be around the corner. So it might be something you want to make for a card or, you know, just something fun for yourself. I also have a little bit of a new structure to my workshops, so I'm super excited to roll this out because I've had a request from people for like membership options or at least class packs. I've had people who want to participate frequently in these monthly events, and so as a thank you for being a loyal participant, the cost reduces the more that you join. So here's what I have. I have options for class packs of three, six, or 12 months, and the price gets lower the more that you buy. So the 12-month option is really like a membership. You'll have automatic access to each of the quilling events, and uh, this one is the best value. The price per class is the lowest on this option, and if you get the 12-month option, I will gift you a quilling kit of supplies for free. And then the three and the six month class packs are for people who want to join frequently, but maybe not every single month. So there's a little more flexibility here. Um, So for the three class pack, you have six months to use it. And for the six class pack, you have 12 months to use it. So you'll receive unique codes that are just for you. And then you can enter those into the classes that you want to participate in. And you have a little bit more time uh, to use it so that you can opt in or out if you don't want to participate every single month. 
And if you buy a class pack, either the three, six, or 12 months, you get access to a VIP Facebook group with all sorts of different perks and bonuses. I'll be posting bonus tips and tricks that address common challenges as you're learning paper quilling. Um, and my members will also get to vote on upcoming projects. And I'll just be packing that with all sorts of um, extra bonuses as we go along. Um, and also don't worry if you're just dipping your toe in and you don't really want to sign up for one of these class packs, the option for a single class is always there. So it's not like you have to commit to something crazy. It's just that the more you sign up, the lower cost it gets per class for you and the more perks and bonuses you get. So all of this can be found on my website, edgecraftatx.com. You can already register for the upcoming classes. You can grab those class packs. Um, like I said, I do have three months on there. I don't have more than that um, because my Facebook group will be helping me decide, telling me what they would like to um, see in upcoming projects. But if you know that you're going to love it, you can grab a class pack. Um, and there's also an FAQ on my website that explains a little bit more. I know it's a lot of information. And as always, if you have any questions, you can drop me a line on social media at edgecraftatx or email hello at edgecraftatx.com. All right, now I'm eager to dig into the rest of today's episode, which is about this boss bitch piece that I created. In this episode, I'm going to go into my creative process behind it and what sort of things I'm trying to express through it. So I was at Michael's. Uh, a couple of months ago, uh, this was kind of in the middle of the holiday rush, and I was there for, uh, I don't know, some supplies, some specific things that I needed for one of my orders, and <laughs> I'm like a kid in a candy store when I go to craft stores. Can you relate? Um, and I was standing in the paper aisle, and I was just kind of looking at like the scrapbook paper that they had, and typically I don't buy that paper. I tend to buy my paper in like bulk packs um, just because I use a lot of it. And also because the scrapbook paper is not typically the kind of paper that I cut up and use for quilling, um, but I was kind of looking at what could maybe be used as a background, and I was just kind of looking at what caught my eye and just kind of picking up the papers and playing with them. And there was this paper that was gold glitter and it had like corrugated uh, cardboard. Do you know what I'm talking about? That, that cardboard that's bumpy and I don't know why but I looked at it and I was like oh my gosh this would be like impossible to quill on but I kind of want to see if I could do it and I was like uh, I don't even know if it'd be possible because the glitter glitter is basically plastic right and so the glue that I use doesn't really stick on plastic so I was like well that would be challenge number one and then challenge number two uh, would be the corrugated part. Actually, I'd probably put the corrugated part before that because it's a, a bumpy textured surface. So I would really only be able to glue on the up parts, the upward ridges of the corrugated paper. And I was like, I don't know if this is, this would work, but I was just like really inspired as I held the paper and I kind of picked up several other pieces of paper and I started to kind of get these like intuitive feelings around, what these papers wanted to say. And when I held that one, I just felt it saying boss bitch. I don't really know exactly where that came from, but I just kind of noticed and listened and kind of got curious and I bought it. I thought, you know what, if nothing else, this will be a really interesting experiment just to see if I can quill on this. And I picked up four or five other pieces 
that kind of spoke to me. Um, I got more visions for different kinds of words and different kinds of phrases that each piece kind of wanted to say, which I realized, um, I don't know if I heard myself talking this way, like even a year ago, I would think that I sounded like a crazy person. Um, but something that I've realized that I've done the way that I've created has kind of always been with this intuitive process, but I don't think I've really been fully aware of that or uh, kind of tapped into it until recently, about the last six months to a year or so, where I really do notice that like when I get the paper in my hand, uh, I kind of just know what to do. Like I'm kind of bad at planning out projects. If people order a commission from me, I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll send you some mock-ups, but I really struggle creating like a sketch of the piece. And often I'll tell them like, this is kind of the outline and where I'm thinking of going. But when I get the paper in my hand, it's going to be entirely different. So that's just kind of how my process goes. I feel like I create intuitively. Sometimes I will get inspired by materials and not know exactly where I'm going with it until I have the paper in hand and it's going. And that was kind of the case with this piece. I kind of saw boss bitch on it, but I wasn't really sure what else I saw with it. And as I kind of like meditated on it and was thinking about it, um, and I, I say that kind of lightly, I didn't really necessarily sit down and have a meditation session, but I bought these materials at a time when I was really busy with holiday orders and I didn't have time to create them. So it was just kind of one of those things that was at back of mind as I was working on other things, I kept thinking about like, oh, I really want to make that boss bitch piece. I really want to play with that. I really want to do that. And I was, I would just kind of like sit in that white space and kind of think about like, what else, what else would go with the word boss bitch? And I started to just see this ornate, like these like Baroque inspired swirls with those kind of like those ornate leaves and things like that. That was typical of the style. And I definitely saw that the letters and the paper and everything was just solid black in contrast to the glitter. Um, and so I finally had some time mid-January to sit down and actually really play with this one. And it was an absolute challenge, like no pun intended or maybe pun intended. It was an absolute bitch <laughs> to quill this thing. It really was. It was the most difficult, challenging thing I've done with paper quilling so far, but um, I was able to succeed with it. So I think that challenge made it really fun. And even if it had failed, like it would have been a, a fun experiment of, of just trying something new. But I basically had to pull from like four different techniques that I use to create my artwork. So when I sat down to work on it, I realized that like most of my usual techniques were not going to work with this piece because what I typically do for letters is I will print out the words and I will trace those with an embossing tool onto my backing and that creates like a little bit of an indent in the, the back of it and it's very subtle but it's enough for me to see to guide and I will put like just a very thin line of glue then on top of that and then the paper, the outline edge of the paper on that. And this clearly was not going to work because of the corrugated nature of it and even like the glitter, even if I had like used something to kind of score the backing of it, I was not going to be able to see that with all the glitter. So um, another technique I will use is using like a cork board with uh, straight pins and I will fold the pieces around that and use the straight pins to hold it in place and then transfer it to the backing. So I ended up having to kind of go that route, but 
even then I was like, I don't know exactly where to place each letter. So I was kind of doing like a hybrid of um, four or five different techniques to kind of make this work. And there was a lot of experimentation and trial and error. Um, and then uh, it, it worked. So I was really excited about that. So that's kind of how this piece came to be. It started with just some inspiration of holding the paper in a craft store and kind of getting this vision for what the paper was telling me that it wanted to be. And then just like kind of having some fun and playing and experimenting and being really proud that I kind of overcame this obstacle with it. And as I was standing there in the craft store that day, as I characterized it, I said, I was listening to the paper and hearing what it wanted to say and kind of being a little self-aware that maybe that sounds like a crazy person or or maybe you're an intuitive person yourself or you're kind of tapped into some of that. And so maybe it doesn't sound crazy, um, but I, I think you could look at it like I was listening to the paper or I was kind of taking a moment to really listen to myself and what I wanted to say. And I think they're kind of one and the same because creativity comes from within, right? Um, I, I love Julia Cameron has a quote. I may not get it exactly right, but I think she says, art is not about thinking something up. It's about getting something down. And I feel like that's what I did with this boss bitch piece and kind of the direction that I'm moving forward. So as my business has taken shape, you know, my, my quilling business is really only a little over a year old, almost a year and a half. And as it's taken shape, um, I've kind of been listening and noticing to what are the pieces that people respond to most and where uh, I started leaning more into this edgy side of things was just really in response to people looking at my artwork that had the, the word like fuck in it and things like that and, and saying like, oh my gosh, your art is edgy. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. And like my last name is Edge. That's why I named it Edgecraft. And it has a double meaning that way. There's even a triple meaning with the word edge because the techniques that I use for quilling are called on edge quilling. Um, but to focus a little more on like the edgy pieces of it, I was noticing that people were really responding to those messages. And so I've been doing a lot more kind of digging into why people respond to that. What is it about those pieces that people really like? And I think a, a lot of what I've heard is that people like taking a word that maybe some people don't think is beautiful or even acceptable to say and creating like a really bold beautiful work of art that's kind of like in your face. It's not like, oh, I just dropped an F-bomb. It's like, uh, oops, sorry, mom, sorry, grandma. You know, it's like, no, it's like, fuck. And it's this, you know, gorgeous, beautiful, like neon colors making a bold statement. So I'm like, what else do I want to make a bold statement about? And it's not just cussing. Uh, some of that's kind of part of it, like based on my upbringing that basically the the way that I put it is um I was I was raised to believe that racist jokes were like really funny so funny hilarious my family still loves to tell racist sexist jokes whenever we get together but cuss words are absolutely unacceptable and the worst thing that you could ever do and as an adult I kind of look at that and I go hmm I think it's the opposite I think I think racist jokes are not okay. Sexist jokes are not okay. And cussing is fucking 
fine. It is just expressing yourself. And my family is so hung up on this, so hung up on cuss words. And we visited my parents briefly over the holidays, and I was just really reminded of some of this. My mom kept saying there were just so many instances where she was like, reflecting on how they raised us and we just tried to raise y'all right you know no we never drank around you no cussing no smoking and like these are the the markers of like morality for them around being good means no drinking no cussing no smoking and I you know I kind of challenged some of that I was like what if there's not a concept of being good or bad and words are just words and it's the way that you use them that either helps or harms and I don't know my parents are I'm not really interested in changing their view on that. Um, there's, <laughs> If I could change their view on other things, maybe I would. But the cussing, I'm just kind of like, okay to let that be you know, their opinion. But for me, it's like I'm just living my life in a different way. And some of the, the messages that I have kind of come from that place that <laughs> growing up <laughs> or looking back on it at least, like that feels very repressed. And I've talked about this in other episodes too, kind of one of my little soapboxes that I think I get on is around expression and around words and that if you're taught not to say a word, you're taught not to feel or think what's behind it because that's all that words are. Words are just an expression. You're expressing what you're thinking. You're expressing what you're feeling. So I think nuance can be taught, like maybe there's a time or a place to say certain words. There's context that you can use. There's maybe ways, there's ways that you can use fuck that's hilarious and ways that you can use it to really harm someone. So maybe recognizing the nuance there. But if, if you're taught it's never okay to say a certain word, then you're taught that whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling that maybe made you want to express that is not okay. And that's kind of some of the, the other like childhood junk I've been unpacking in the, the last year or so is around my family's um, <laughs> ability to express and ability to feel and like the tolerance to feel feelings that are unpleasant or the um, ability to be with someone and bear witness as they are feeling something that's unpleasant. All of that was like not welcome uh, in, in my home growing up, I think it was just tools that my, my family didn't have. So I hold no one, no one at fault for any of this. They were doing the best that they could. Like I say, it was just like tools they didn't have in their toolbox. But as I'm kind of carving my own path and especially as I'm digging more into my paper quilling art around what it is that I have to say to the world, it all kind of stems from some of those unmet needs as a child, right? Isn't that where like anything any of us is doing is from like those deep unmet childhood needs? Um, so to me, it's around expression and learning to feel your feelings and and just kind of accept um, those feelings and allow them to throw, flow through you um, and also to express them with whatever words that you need to. So somewhere in there came out boss bitch in this like decorative, ornate, baroque, uh, <laughs> set to a corrugated gold glitter background. And some of that I think too is about how to go through the world as a woman. And if you are a woman, you know that there is just no acceptable way to be a woman in the world. There's just no way. If you 
wear skimpy clothes, you're a slut and you're asking for it. If you wear conservative clothing, you're a prude. If you're outspoken, you're a bitch. If you're quiet, you're too submissive. If you're a stay-at-home mom, that's not okay. You should be working. And if you're working, you should be staying home with the kids. There's just no acceptable way to be a woman in the world. And I think there's a lot of work being done for women pushing to um, challenge those things and to uh, really step into being badass women who are fully stepped into their empowerment who are in alignment with themselves and their female energy and kicking ass and taking names. And that word bitch is another thing. There's, There's differing opinions on the idea of reclaiming words. So like, let's start with this. First of all, like, obviously, I feel like I don't need to explain to you a little bit of the history around the word bitch, that it's been used to harm women. It's been used in a degrading way. Like in its most complimentary form, it's a a, a female dog, right? Um, but women have been compared to dogs for centuries. That's very problematic, obviously. Um, the word itself has been used to demean and to degrade women for centuries. And women are kind of taking it back now. Like I said, I'll, I'll just mention the nuance of, you know, some people will argue that the more that we use those words, it becomes like difficult to distinguish when we're using it in an empowering way and when it's problematic and how do we fuck the patriarchy if we are using those words. I won't necessarily go into all of that, um, but I do think there is some power in taking these words that have been used to harm us and using them in an empowering way. So that's kind of what I've got going on there with the word boss bitch and When I was initially kind of looking at the paper, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted it to say like badass bitch or boss ass bitch or I don't know, boss bitch ended up being the thing that was on there. Um, But it's adding the boss there adds a little extra something. It doesn't just say bitch, right? It's like boss bitch. Like a boss bitch is someone who is like taking ownership of their life. Someone who is living their lives in such a way that they are kicking ass and taking names in their life and their business and their relationships and they're owning it. They own who they are. They know who they are and they're stepping fully into that. And I think there's something to note too about the word boss connected to the word bitch, right? So just using the word bitch can have a lot of different contexts. You can use it in a way that's demeaning towards women, or you can use it in a way that's been reclaimed, uh, which by the way, as most people who will uh, talk to you about reclaiming words, it's like, it's very different if one of your gal pals calls you a bitch than if a man does, right? Like it's it's one of those words that like it can only be reclaimed by the people who it's been used to oppress. Um, So it's very different if one of my girlfriends says that as as opposed to like if a man in my life were to say that to me. But part of reclaiming that too is like looking at this boss piece to it, right? Because if we're talking about women's empowerment here, for a long time, women were not the boss in a lot of ways, not only in a professional setting, but even to be in charge of our own lives. You know, Uh, we couldn't vote. Women of color couldn't even vote until years after white women were given that right. We couldn't even own a fucking bank account or a credit card in our own name. There are still lawmakers who are deciding what we can or cannot do with our own bodies. You know, in a lot of ways, in very many patterns in history and still today, women 
have not been the boss of their own lives. And as we're taking that back, as we're becoming more and more empowered, we're not only taking back this word bitch, but we're becoming the boss of our own lives, of workspaces, of the motherfucking country. What up, Kamala Harris? And being a boss bitch means stepping into your own power and your own worth that's intrinsically yours. It belongs to you. So you're stepping into your light, into your truth, and you don't have to put anyone down to get there. This is another lie I think we're fed uh, with these words that are used to demean us. So you know what happens when we empower ourselves? We empower others. When we uplift ourselves, we give others the power to do the same. When we open doors, you know what we do as women? We hold them open for people behind us. And I think this is the heart of the feminine way that I think is very different than the masculine. The masculine way tells us that in order to rise, we have to push others down. In order to climb the corporate ladder, we're probably going to have to kick some rungs out below us to knock people out of competition. So when a woman is called a bitch, it's implied that she's doing these things too. She's kicking people down in order to get to the top. And, you know, isn't that funny that men are like applauded and rewarded for this kind of thing and women are demeaned for it? But isn't that the irony too, that when a woman is stepping fully into her power, we know that there's a better way. Being a boss bitch to me means being the owner of my life and my own power and helping other women around me to fulfill their potential. It doesn't mean stepping on others to get ahead. So I'm here to challenge all of these ideas that are pervasive in our society with this artwork that I've put out. This is kind of what I'm unpacking here. This is kind of where some of this came from. The harmful messages that I've received in my life that it's like you sit down and you shut up and you don't show up big in the world because you're a woman. You take a back seat. And if you try to step out of that, you're a bitch. If you try to talk in a way that's advocating for yourself, you're a bitch. You can't be the boss of a company. You can't be president. We're shattering that shit. We're shattering those glass ceilings all over the place. And for myself personally and the the personal work that I've been doing, this kind of came out of those harmful messages that I received from multiple people growing up. Again, it wasn't just one person, came from everywhere, right? Because it's very pervasive in our society. So we're taking that back. And in my book, we're taking that back with gold glitter and pretty black squirrels. So you can check out this piece if you haven't seen it yet. It's on Instagram. You can follow me at edgecraftatx. It'll also be up on my website if you'd like to purchase it. I haven't yet decided if I'd like to order prints of this one. That's one way I've been making my artwork more accessible to people is having the original work available for sale, but also um, prints. I haven't yet ordered those, but I'd be happy to order those if I do have um, interest from people. So you can shoot me a DM or drop me a message on my website. Um, I'd love to hear from you. That's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. And I hope you know that you're a boss bitch. You're a boss bitch. Step into that. Step into your power. Go live your life in a way that um, really serves you today. 
And by doing that, I truly believe when we serve ourselves first as women, I believe that's how we show up and that's how we serve others in the world. So it's not selfish. I think that's another lie that we've been fed here, that if you're going to be the boss of your own life and if you're going to do anything that's self-serving, that that comes to the sacrifice of others. It doesn't have to be that way. I know that we all have something powerful that we want to share with the world and we can show up in the world in meaningful ways and be a boss bitch while we do it. And that's how we serve. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.